Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Chapter 4, we'll get to in a little bit. As uh, Jason Ritchie said, the name of this message is Easy. Easy, right? And what we want to try to do today, guys, is, is we want to try to break some of the myths, some of the misconceptions uh, about Christianity. That some people think Christianity is like a crutch, right? You know, and some think, ah, being a Christian, that, 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 that's easy. So what we're going to try to do today is break down that mindset, that false paradigm that some of us might have, all right? Now, our theme for the year is Let's Dream, and the name of this message from a subtitle perspective is Easy Dreams, Easy Dreams. I guess what I want to say before we get rolling, if your dream came from God, it ain't going to be easy. I said, if your dream came from God, the Holy Spirit, it is not going to be what? It's not going to be easy. And I think way too many people are aborting or they're, they're, they're jumping off the bandwagon of an amazing idea, a creative insight, a vision and or a dream that God gave them. And when it got hard or when it got tough, they just said it must not be a God thing. And I'm here to tell you, many times, if you want to advance the kingdom of God, guys, let me just tell you something. It's going to be hard. It will not be what? It won't be easy. I hope we don't miss that today as we dive into this message easy slash easy easy dreams. Now, have you guys noticed how society, from my perspective, is getting kind of soft? It's just getting soft, right? Uh, uh, and this is kind of bleeding into our Christianity. It's bleeding into our Christianity. It's, it's influencing our, our Christianity. And, and, and what's sad is Christians are getting just as soft. We're almost as offended as the world is offended. We're very touchy, you know, and to some degree, we're, 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 we're copping this entitlement mentality no different than, than the world is. Again, society is getting really soft. It's bleeding into our Christianity. And I believe that our, our culture is trying to take everything hard in life out of life. Maybe not everything, but most things. That's what's going on in our culture, and, 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 you know, we're supposed to be the leaders. Come on now, right? We're not supposed to conform to the ways, ways of the world. We're supposed to lead the world and, and help the world to understand that if you're going to achieve, if you're going to, to, to uh, grasp the things that, that life has for you, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some hard lessons to learn in life. Can I get an Amen. And we're taking out, like, society's taking out uh, hard classes. I said it already, hard lessons. To some degree, it's like if there's a hard decision, just jump off the bandwagon, don't keep going, right, you know? Hard conversations, man, that surely must not be from God, you know? And ultimately, even hard work. And we're taking this out, 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 of, out of our Christianity, not just our culture, our Christian culture. And instead, again, of churches leading the way, we're kind of conforming. Our Christianity, our discipleship, right? Our, our dreams are not being fulfilled to some degree because when it gets hard, we say, forget it. It must not be a God thing. I can't beat that point up enough. 
And one of the hardest portions of Scripture, maybe it's the most challenging portion of Scripture, definitely in the top ten, at least to me, is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, okay? It, uh, we're going to go uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Hopefully you're there. How many are there? Say amen. amen. All right. And I want us to see uh, what the Apostle Paul had to say when it comes to this concept that I'm, that I'm talking about. We'll, we'll start in verse 7. He says, but we have, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Some pretty good stuff, isn't it? Look at verse 8 again. Paul says, we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Now, this isn't the portion of Scripture that you want to share with somebody if you're trying to win them to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? If you want to see somebody get saved, generally speaking, you're probably not going to bring out this one. And if you're trying to get them signed up, you know, for, for ministry or signed up for an event, you might not want to go here either, right? Because it seems to be a turnoff, but it's really not. Because I hope you didn't miss that there's so much more to this portion of Scripture. Understand that, that, that each hard experience has hope. Did you catch that? Each hard thing that the Apostle Paul had to say also has what we call what? We call hope. Persecuted but not what? Abandoned, right? Isn't that awesome? I mean, whether, you're, whether you know it or not, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to get persecuted. But understand this, God will not abandon you, right? You're persecuted, but you're not abandoned. You're struck down, but you're not what? You're not destroyed. You're going to experience death to your flesh, right? Death to your ways, death to south, but God promises you life in Christ. So it's hard, but there's hope around the bend. Can I get an amen today? So today what I want to cover is I want to cover three hard things in life, in the Christian life, and these are three really hard things if you desire to fulfill your God-given dreams. And the first one is this, is hard decisions. Hard decisions. Listen, life and dreams are filled with decisions. You ready for this? And they're hard. The decisions in life and the decisions in the dreams that God has given you, if you're going to fulfill, them, fulfill, fulfill that dream, it, you're going to have some hard decisions. Who to date? How many know that could be a tough one? You know? Who to marry? Might even be a little tougher. You know, which college to go to, which career to decide to get involved in, who will be your mentor, who, who will disciple you? That's, I don't think that's an easy decision. I mean, you're not, you're not going to put three names in a hat and pick one out and go, I'm going with Billy Bob. You're, you're, hopefully you're not doing that. Hopefully you're praying and asking, God, who, who, who should mentor me? Who should disciple me? And I want you to know that can be a, that can be a tough decision. That can be a tough decision. I'll give you a couple more that can be tough decisions is, is how you spend your time. 
You know, some of us are, are wasting a lot of time. We're not making that tough decision. I'll get into that in just a little bit. Here's another one. What will I no longer do anymore? What is in my life right now, and I'm going to decide today, or I'm going to decide tomorrow morning to no longer be involved in that kind of behavior, that kind of belief system, or that kind of lifestyle. I want you to know those are hard decisions, right? They're hard decisions. Now, I gave my life to Jesus in March of 19. Thank you, all right? And I learned right away, okay, that there was a world to forsake and a Lord to follow. I mean, I learned that right away. Uh, the people that I got connected to at church, I wanted to know they made it crystal clear. If you want to follow Jesus, there is going to be a world to forsake and there's going to be a Lord to follow. And, and that was just something that was in the DNA of that local church that I popped my head into, okay? I don't remember anyone saying to me, oh, this Jesus thing, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy like Sunday morning. Nobody said that to me. Nobody sang that song to me, right? Discipleship. I mean, true discipleship. You know, following Jesus, things of that nature. You know, that's hard. You know, rejection and ridicule. How many of you have ever been rejected and or ridiculed because you're following Jesus? I want you to know that that, that, that hurts. That's hard. Holiness. Can I get an amen? Holiness. In a world that does not value holy living is hard living. Amen? And you and I got to make that decision, right? We got to make a decision. Are we going to continue to live like the world tells us to live? Or are we going to make a choice, ask the Holy Spirit to empower us, and now begin to live holy? Right? Listen, following Jesus is not an easy decision. And notice I said following Jesus. I didn't just say accepting Jesus. Because a lot of us, you know, we just say, all I have to do is accept him. Well, what do you have to accept him as? The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10, you need to accept him as what? As Lord. Amen? That's not an easy decision. Because that means you ain't Lord anymore and he is, right? So you're not just accepting that, you know, 2,000 years ago he lived and 2,000 years ago he taught and he was a prophet and he did some really cool, powerful, miraculous things. You're accepting to follow him as Lord. Amen? And that's different. In fact, listen to what Jesus said. He, he said it in Luke uh, 14, 27, man. You're not going to get much more challenging than this. He said, whoever does not carry the cross and what? And what? Come on, scream it out if you can read it. And What? follow me. He said, you can't be my disciple. That's a hard statement. Now, in this message, I want to assure you, I'm not going to do a thorough job of talking about following Jesus, nor am I going to do a thorough job of what it means to carry our cross. I will say this, okay, that if you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And you want to talk about following Jesus and a hard decision? How many know a guy in our church named Joe Sadler? How many know Joe? All right. My man Joe on the screen there. Isn't he good looking? All right. Joe made a hard decision. He left an amazing job to work for me. I mean, that's like crazy cutting edge. It doesn't get more, more crazy than that. He's got this amazing job, and he quits this job to work for me. You know, that to me is a very, very hard decision. In fact, what, what I did was I, I kind of played a little joke on him. 
I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but I, 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 I found a book on my shelf. Some of the girls in the church were, were setting up his office and making it look nice and, and getting his desk ready to go. And I grabbed this book off of my, my bookshelf and I put it on Joe's desk. And we got a picture of that book? Tortured for Christ. You know what I'm saying? As if to say, Joe, it ain't going to be easy. You want to work in the kingdom? You want to work at Rock Church? You want to serve the Lord and follow the Lord? You want to you work for Pastor Angelo? You're going to be tortured for Christ. Now, again, I don't want to be sacrilegious because this book is really about being tortured for Christ. And Joe comes in the first day, grabs the book and looks at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I read this. I said, you read that? He goes, yeah, and I loved it. It was great, great read, amazing. My question is this, who says that? Who, who in the world reads Tortured for Christ and says, good read, amazing, great lessons in there. You know what that told me? That Rock Church got a good one in Jesus' name, amen? That told me that Rock Church got an amazing, amazing assistant here at Rock Church. Now, I want you to know that there's a lot of other books that I would encourage you to read. I'm going to put them on the screen right now. I recommend that you read these books. They are not easy reads. All right, if you're looking for some easy read, this ain't it. But if I were you, I'd get my phone out and I'd take a picture of these because I would begin to read these books, all right? They're tough, hard reads. God's armor bearer, not an easy read. A Tale of Three Kings, it will mess you up in a good way. I'll tell you another one. Leadership pain, if you're out there and you're saying, I want to be a leader, I should be a leader, read Leadership Pain, okay, and you might not sign up for leadership, just a thought. And the last one there is Dangerous Calling. Okay, that was, that, I read that about three years ago. That guy, you can tell, has been in it and through it. When you read Dangerous Calling, stuff will leap out of there into your heart and it will prepare you for, for greater leadership or greater influence in your generation. Those are four of some of my favorite books and I want to encourage you, but they're not easy reads. They're hard reads with a cross-carrying message. Now, let's take a little breather here. Before you have the spiritual muscle like, like Joe Sadler to make that kind of a hard decision, you need to start making some easier decisions, all right? Before you quit your job make, and go in full-time ministry, all right, no one's telling you to do that. I'm just saying that before you make a kamikaze decision like that, there are some easier decisions to make. And I wanna, I wanna cover some of those things for you in just a little bit, all right? Here are some easier decisions, okay, that you need to make. They may seem hard now, Okay, they may seem hard now, but ultimately they're really not that easy. Three years from now, five years from now, you're like, oh, these aren't that tough. So here's some things you need to stop and start. You ready for this one? You need to stop partying like the world. For some reason, we have a hard time talking about that today. But I want you to know that the way the church or the Christian parties is way different than how the world parties. Can I get an amen, all right? And if you want to get on with your dreams, you need to stop partying like the world parties. You need to get a dose of the Holy Ghost and get some power and strength in your life to no longer party the way society parties. How many know culture doesn't set the boundaries? The Word of God does, Amen. You ready for another one that you need to stop? And I'm not asking you to stop in your own strength. I'm surely asking you to stop through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you need to stop the pornography. 
I got three amens and they're all ladies. All right, all right. But you just, you, you, you just do. I'm not saying that that's easy. I'm just saying if you want to get on with your God-given dreams, you need to stop the pornography. Now, I'm not going into great detail on how to do all that. I'm just challenging you because I believe God sees greatness in you. And I don't want to see the party life or the porn life pull you away from your purpose. Someone say amen. Right? You need to stop the sleeping around. That's a gimme. I mean, you mean when I say yes to Jesus, that means I say no to, to, to sleeping around? Yeah. You, that mean, you say no to sleeping around. This is a, a, a common practice in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul brought out all the time because he was going into these God-forsaken cultures and these churches, and they didn't realize, oh, we're supposed to stop this. And Paul's like, yes, you're supposed to stop sleeping around. Here's another one that you need to stop. Stop lying. Stop it, you know? Stop the childish post. It's so much more fun, Pat. I understand that. Every now and then I send a text and I wish I wouldn't have. Someone say amen, right? But, but I'm just saying stop the childish post. Stop sitting on the fence. He said, what are you talking about, Pastor Angelo? I'm talking about the fence where you have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. Stop it. There is no fence. Sitting on a fence is painful. Just saying Amen. Hello. Someone say hello. You know what I'm saying? Say hello. Say it. All right? And yet we have Christians that think, okay, I'm just going to continue to do that. And, and I'm not even going to talk about whether or not that's going to get you to heaven or hell. That's not even the message. It's you'll never fulfill your dream sitting on the fence. You got to have all, both feet in the kingdom, right? You got to have both feet in the kingdom. Here, here's another one. Um, um, you know, stop, stop conforming, stop com compromising. You know, stop the compromising. It's the little compromises that turn into big sins that hinder you from fulfilling the dreams that God has for you. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard to not compromise, but you need to make a decision today to say, I'm going to stop the compromising. Well, what should I start doing, Pastor? Let's make this a little bit more positive. Start attending church. So I'm like, well, you're preaching to the choir. We're here today. What are you getting at? Start attending church. You ready for this? Consistently. I know that's kind of crazy. And today, that's cutting-edge Christianity today. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. Yes, I am. All right? I mean, the, the, the average Christian attends church 1.2 times a month in America today. Now, again, we're not talking about whether or not you're going to heaven. We're talking about whether or not, whether or not you're going to be the disciple that God has called you to be and to fulfill the dreams that he has for you. And that happens in context of Christian community. It just does. Start praying. That was a gimme. Praise the Lord. Start studying God's word. Right? I mean, you got to, if you, if you want to know the will of God, you got to know the word of God. I said, if you want to know the will of God, you got to know the Word of God. Amen? Start serving somewhere. Find a spot, okay? Stop some of those other things I just said and start serving somewhere. Start getting some godly friends, right? I didn't say every one of your friends has to be like, you know, Mother Mary. I didn't say that. But you need to have some godly friends because they will speak life and truth into your spirit. Amen? And I'll echo... Doug, start tithing. Thank you. I'm just, 
Trust God. Amen? Amen. Trust God, and this may sound harsh, but trust God with a measly 10%. And understand how gracious God is by saying, I'm going to give you 90% pretty much to do what you want. Wow, it doesn't get much gracious than that. Now, years ago, I know it doesn't look like it anymore, and I'm always up here mumbling and grumbling about my ailments, all right? But this guy right up here talking to you right now used to play sports five or six days a week. All right? All right? Now, you think, well, what's wrong with that? I'm not necessarily saying it's sinful, but I'll tell you what, it wasn't spiritually beneficial, right? And what happened was early in my Christian walk, I made, at least at that time, I made a hard decision. And instead of playing sports five or six days a week, I weaned myself to three or four days a week, right? And then instead of playing sports three or four days a week, I kind of weaned myself to one or two days a week. I'm not telling you how to live your life and how much sports to play. All I know is this, is this God began to speak to my heart and saying, I need you to learn my word I need you to learn how to pray. I need you to go to Sunday school. How many remember Sunday school, right? I I need you to do those types of things. And I had to give up. I had to make a decision to give up some of my time playing sports so that I could grow in my spiritual life. Somebody say amen. And all I'm saying is that there's something in there for you. All right? Some of you are like, Pastor, I play sports once every six months. Well, then that analogy doesn't work for you, amen? But there's probably something in your life, and you go, you know what? If I would, if I would stop doing that, I'd have more time for more spiritual stuff. Yeah, amen. amen? Thank you, Doug. So listen, once you've made decisions like this, the Holy Spirit will begin to prompt and empower you to make harder decisions. So the ones that I just shared, I know some of you aren't going to like this, but generally speaking, they're pretty easy. But once you make some of those, some of those easier decisions, I want you to know right now, the Holy Spirit will begin to prompt you and empower you to make some harder decisions. And here are some other things that you need to stop doing that's a little bit harder. You ready for this? Stop slandering. Ready for this? Stop it. Quit adding on to the story. Stop the gossip. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, did you hear? Say, no, I didn't hear, nor do I want to hear. Now, that's a little tough an hour and a half after you give your life to Jesus. But two, three, four, five years later, all of a sudden you start getting convicted and you don't, no longer do you want to hear the slander. Stop the rebelling. Now, I'm talking to some, some followers right now. I'm not talking to unbelievers, and I'm not talking to baby believers. I'm talking about some followers, you're right? Stop, stop the rebelling. Ask the Spirit of God to help you and stop the rebelling. Now, again, when I first gave my life to Jesus, 10 minutes later, I was still rebelling. 10 months later, I was still rebelling against authority, Right? But I began to seek God, asking him for help and strength, and I stopped rebelling. Somebody say amen in the house. All right? It can happen. Because some of us are like, you know what? I gave my life to Jesus in 1990. I'm still rebellious, and who cares? Well, God does. He does, because it's hindering you from your God-given dreams. Stop undermining authority. It's pretty similar to rebelling. Some of us are just really good at that. 
You know, stop. This was me, man. Stop the excuses. I used to have so many excuses for not being able to fulfill my dreams and my destiny. When I stopped the excuses, God got me on to fulfilling my dreams. Here's another one that I struggled with early in my Christian walk, and I still wrestle with it today. Stop playing the victim. Somebody yell, amen, something. That just need, that's just transparency. I'm getting real with you and saying that that is something I still like to, I still wrestle with. But I'm here to tell you that when you stop playing the victim, God will get you on to victory. Someone say amen, right? It's just, you will. Start discipling others. There's got to be someone in your life that's not as mature in the Lord as you are. Pour into them. Start asking God to speak to your heart and begin to hear his voice. Now we're getting into deeper stuff, right? Start really depending on God. Wouldn't that be powerful? You know, when you first give your life to Jesus, I'll be honest with you, it's depending on God is not really necessarily in a part of the first ask, okay? But, but again, a year or two later, all of a sudden, you're tired of depending on your past. You're tired of depending on your giftings. You're surely sick and tired of depending on the government. Someone say amen, right? And all of a sudden, you grow up in the Lord a little bit, and you realize, I have to depend on God. He's my source. He's my resource. Come on now. He's my portion. And when you begin to do that, I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't no stopping you. You will fulfill the dream God has for your life, that easy dream. Amen? Start being generous. I should have the ushers come forward right now. Just kidding, right? But really, I mean, again, tithing came pretty easy for me. I gave my life to Jesus. Maybe a month or two later, People came up to me and said, hey, have you heard about tithing? No, I was like, 10%, are you kidding me? You know, it took me about two or three weeks to realize that that's part of God's plan for me and others, and I began to tithe. But being generous wasn't something that happened to me overnight, right? It took a little bit of a while for me to say, you know what, I'm going to give to kingdom builders. I'm going to give to missions. I'm going to be generous with the blessings that God has given to me. But a disciple of Jesus Christ, someone that fulfills their God-given dreams, generosity is a part, is a part of who they are. Now, before we get on to number two, listen, a couple challenging thoughts. If you can't decide to say no to partying, no to pornography, and no to your potty mouth, you'll struggle deciding to say yes to God's purpose. You'll struggle saying yes to God's plan. You'll struggle saying yes to God's calling. You'll struggle saying yes to God's mission, and you'll struggle saying yes to God's dream. I didn't say God can't use you if you have a struggle. You're looking at somebody who has a lot of struggles, and everybody said, but I am also here to tell you that when you wrestle with your struggle and you let the Lord Jesus Christ pin you, come on now, once you get back off the mat, you have a better opportunity to fulfill your purpose and his plan for your life. Someone say amen. It's just true. So those are hard decisions. Welcome to Christianity. How many are excited that they became a Christian? You know? And ultimately, that's why a lot of people say no to Christianity. They, they use a lot of smoke screens, right? And tell you all these theological things and these belief systems, why they don't believe in Christianity. But ultimately, is they don't want to forsake their old life for the new life God has for them. And that's a tough decision. So number one is hard decisions. Number two is, is hard conversations. Oh, 
Look at the person next to you and say, it's, going to get, it's, it's not going to be easy. Some of you didn't do that. Look at the person next to you and say, this one ain't going to be easy. All right. Life and dreams have conflicts. Amen? And there's relational controversies. And every now and then, there's a disagreement or two. And the conflicts and the controversies, as well as the disagreements, are not what? They're not easy. They're not easy. But many hard decisions and or hard conversations have caused many people to say, forget it, I'm just going to forsake, I'm going to forsake the dreams God has for me because I'm not willing to have that hard conversation. And here's the thing, guys, I can train you and train you and train you and equip you and equip you and equip you and tell you how and what to say all day long when it comes to hard conversations. But the best way to get better at hard conversations is to have more hard conversations. You got to have some of those hard conversations and learn how to do this thing, right? Learn how to do this thing. Now, I'm going to give you one of the hardest conversations that I found in Scripture. It may not appear that way at first, but I'm here to tell you, it is a hard conversation. And it's found in Galatians. It's found in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Listen to this. When Peter came to Antioch, I, Paul, opposed him to his face. Now, Paul was opposing Peter, who was one of the original apostles, right? And Peter, for the most part, was way more received and got way more response than the apostle Paul did initially. Well, why? Well, Paul wasn't an original. Paul was killing Christians, right? He was a Christian terrorist, so Pete just seemed to get a little bit more response from the other disciples more than Paul did, right? So here's Paul opposing Pete face to face. Oh, by the way, Pete has a reputation of, of cutting off ears. How many know what I'm talking about, right? So this isn't going to be an easy conversation, but Paul has this easy conversation, and what was basically happening here was this, was Peter was, was being two-faced, um, to save face, right? Uh, Peter was, was being religious and we'll say legalistic around Jewish culture and acting all free in Christ around Gentiles or non-Jewish people, all right? And Paul, Paul was, was, was not happy about that. And Paul had that hard conversation, don't miss this, with Peter, what? Face to face. Someone shout Amen. Such a great lesson here. Now, here are some potential hard conversations that you and I need to have. You may have to confront a two-faced friend or two. Not easy. I've been there. Stop manipulating me. You might have to have that conversation. You might have to sit down with somebody at Jillian's. Come on now. Make them buy the Coney dogs. Are you feeling this just a little bit? Right? And you might have to say to them, stop bullying me, man. You know who you think you are, right? You might have to sit down with someone and, and, and say, you know, you know, stop pretending like you like me and you support me when you really don't. It's very quiet in here, but you might have to have that conversation. I've had to have some of those conversations, and they're not fun. You're probably going to have to have a hard conversation with someone uh, when it comes to your story. 
your God story. Now, it really shouldn't be hard, but if you've never shared your God story, at first, it is hard. How many know what I'm talking about, right? At first, it's hard, but after a while, you begin to share your story with coworkers and classmates and friends and family, even with foes, right? All of a sudden, it becomes easier to share your story about what God has done in you and through you. But at first, it's hard. And ultimately, we have to have that hard conversation to talk to people about Jesus. Have you heard of him? Amen? We've got to have that hard conversation. It's not always easy to talk about the gospel. It's not always easy talking about the cross. These things are not necessarily always easy, but they are part of the Christian life, and they're a part of our conversation. And I'm here to tell you that the more you have a conversation about the cross, how many know the easier it will get? Amen? And I'm generalizing here. Now, you may be out there going, uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever have a hard conversation about Jewish culture. Praise the Lord, you probably won't because you and I don't know a whole lot about Jewish culture, okay? But you will eventually probably have to address culture creeping into American Christianity. Are you with me? So again, you're probably never going to have to talk to anybody about Jewish culture. You might, but sometimes you got to have that hard conversation to go, listen, that's American Christianity, and, it, and it's sneaking into our, our churches. It's sneaking into the way we think, and I need to have that hard conversation with you because that's not necessarily biblical Christianity. Can I get an amen? I'll give you a little thought. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, uh, but you know, New Life is an amazing program here at Rock Church. You know, and, and I want you to know in new life, you have to have a lot of hard conversations, right? You have to confess to the Lord, not always easy. You have to forgive others, again, not always easy. You have to make amends. That means you need to go to people and say, listen, I did this to you. I hurt you in this area. I wish I wouldn't have, but I did. You have to make amends. How many know those aren't easy conversations? But they are conversations that we need to have if we want to get on with our discipleship, if we want to experience our God-given dreams. I'm just telling you, those kinds of conversations will only help us to grow in our faith. Is that fair? I'm just still love the pastor. Whew. All right, I'm going to share something that only about 3% of you are going to appreciate and agree with, and I'm okay with that. The 97% of you can be wrong. Uh, I had become a brand new youth pastor in probably 1993, 1994. I was probably a year into my tenure at this church. And my pastor pulled me into his office. And he said, Angelo, you need to have a hard conversation. You know, he might not have used that exact, exact phrase, but that's basically what he was saying to me. And he said, two of your youth leaders went to a concert. How many of you remember Petra? Four of you. <laughs> Petra's a a contemporary Christian rock band. Well, they're not contemporary because they were from the 80s, but I think you get the point, all right? So they went to this concert, and they stayed at a hotel, okay? And then two girls from the youth group joined them in the hotel, right? And the pastor says, you need to have a conversation with your youth leaders. And I'm like, oh, boy, Jesus help me, you know what I'm saying? So I pulled my two youth leaders in, and I, and I said, listen, guys, listen, you are leaders here at this church, and I can't have you, not, not just me, you can't be going out of town and hanging out with girls in hotels, okay? You are a leader here at, 
at this church, and I need you to value holiness. We are trying to be models and examples to the younger generation, and I need you to not do that kind of stuff anymore. It's quiet in here, okay? And here's the thing. Years later, years later, okay, one of those guys is in ministry, serving very faithfully, has an extremely godly heritage and family. He's adopted uh, 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 kids and poured into them and raised them up in the Lord. The other guy fell into a life of worldliness and sexual sin. My point in that is this. How people receive the hard conversation is on them. Is on them. I'm surely not telling you to go run around and just call out everybody's sin. But the problem in today's Christianity is conversations like I had 30 years ago, we don't think are necessary. Because it's easier to let leaders continue to live the life that they want, whether it's careless choices or careless decisions. Instead, sometimes we got to step in and have that hard conversation and say, listen, we're called to be models to a generation that desperately needs to see holiness. It's very quiet in here, but I'm okay with that, sort of. All right. Um, let me give you some advice on hard conversations, because some of you are like, can't wait to get out of here, you know? You're like, you got seven people on your mind, and you can't wait to let them have it. Well, that is not what I'm talking about. All right, here's some advice on hard conversations. Be humble. Move in humility, right? There's no time for self-righteousness, no time for pride, no time for ego, no time to brag about your beliefs, okay, in your lifestyle or your behaviors, okay? So we're asking you to come from a, a place of humility when you have to have that hard conversation. Here's another one, ready? Listen. Why? Because conversations and conflicts are two-way, right? You want to listen to what people are saying. Don't just come out with your bazooka or your double gun shotgun and let them have it. Listen to them. Another one would be truth. You say, well, what do you mean truth? Share more facts than feelings. Amen? Be accurate. Your feelings are going to rise up as you begin to talk to people who have wounded you or scarred you. And you're going to want to, you're going to, want to tell them everything you feel. And I, my advice to you, my insight to you, is to share more facts than feelings. I didn't say you couldn't share your feelings, but make sure you share more truth, more facts than feelings. Timing is mammoth, right? Make sure you're both well-rested, okay, and you're ready for the conversation, don't show up on someone's front porch, knock on the door, and say, I got a bone to pick with you. I just learned something from my pastor. It's time to let you have it, all right? I didn't say that, all right? Probably better to say, hey, listen, man, we need to have a conversation. There's some things going on in our relationship, okay, that are not healthy, and we need to have a hard conversation. Make sure you're both well-rested and you're both ready for the hard conversation. And the last one is probably my favorite one because it's, Probably my greatest struggle, but it's tone. Watch your tone. You can say all the truth you want, but if you say it harsh, loud, with an attitude, with a bad heart, with a bad spirit, they will miss the entire hard conversation. I'm just telling you, by, 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 I've learned this the hard way, the hard way. Amen? All right? 
So watch your tone, all right? So humility, make sure you listen, tell the truth, watch your timing, and make sure that your tone is mature. All right, I got to get you out of here. I'm way, way behind. The last thing I want to talk to you about, okay, is hard work. So we've talked about hard decisions. We've talked about hard conversations. And now what I want to get into is this thing called hard work. And there's a lot of scriptures that back up how Christianity is hard work. In fact, let me quote Proverbs 14, 23. It says, all hard work brings a profit, right? Notice, working hard eventually pays off. And everybody that works hard said, Amen. all right? 1 Corinthians 4, 12. We work hard with our own hands. Paul's trying to get Christians to understand that part of Christianity is hard physical work and or labor, right? And Paul again in Acts 20, 35, he says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Now, mission trips and outreaches, you ready for this? They ain't easy. They're not easy. In fact, doing a parade on a Sunday morning, I don't care what Lionel Richie says, it ain't easy. It's difficult, right? We do one service, we do two services, and the next thing you know, we're in the Anchor Bay Parade. That stuff is difficult. It is hard, but I want you to know it's worth it. I said, I want you to know it's worth it. This past year at the parade, the parade is coming to a close. I'm about 30 or 40 feet away from the finish line, and I'm getting ready to, to get on the, on, on, the, on the float to go back to Rock Church, and I see this lady She's like a football coach. She's not in the middle of the road, but almost in the middle of the road. And she's saying, come here, come here, come here. She's got her 7-year-old, her 9-year-old, her 12-year-old, her husband. It looked like grandpa, maybe grandma. And she pulls them all in, and she says, listen, we're all going to that church. She says, we're going to that church. And I'm like, I'm thinking, it was worth it. All this hard work was worth it just to hear that lady do that. Now, I don't know if she ever showed up to Rock Church. She might be in the crowd today and never come back. But just to hear that was worth all the hard work. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, what else I got in here? Um, listen, I want to give you a little principle. All right, here's the principle. We must never compromise God's work. God's mission, God's vision, or God's dream by attempting something easier. All right? Now, I, I can put that into a lot of different examples. One would be children's ministry here at Rock Church. It's easier for us to say one children ministry a week, 11 o'clock service only. It's much harder for us to say we're not going to settle for COVID killing our kids' ministry. We're going to work hard so that we can offer kids' ministry in our first service, our second service, and our midweek service. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. But the easy thing to do is go, COVID killed all our kids' workers. And I don't mean physically killed them, but just killed the whole ministry. Okay, we can't offer any more. There's no, we can't have kids' ministry for events or a rise, and the list goes on. I'm here to tell you, it's time for us to do the hard stuff and have more kids' ministry available for families. Amen? Yeah. The wild game dinner. 
That ain't easy. And it ain't even on a Sunday morning. It's a Saturday night, all right? But it ain't easy. We fill this room with 400, 500, 600 psychos for Jesus. Well, half of them don't even know Jesus. They're demon-possessed. I'm just being real with you. And we pack this place out, and it's not easy. But praise God for the men and women that work hard to put on an amazing event so that we can share the gospel with many men and women that don't know Jesus. Someone say amen. It's hard. And it'd be really easy for us to say, no, no more. Let's not do that anymore. We got to set up tables, chairs. The place smells like, you know, rabbit and, 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 and venison and pheasant. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm just trying to help you a little bit here. There's a lot of things that we need to continue to do. Another one would be the global convention. One week where we just pour into missionaries from around the world. You ready for this? That's not easy. And they don't have it easy either. My challenge to us this year is to make sure that the decisions we make to bless our missionaries are not easy. We will do the hard thing so that they leave here blessed in Christ's name. Amen? Let's not do easy things. Let's do hard things. Let me give you a quote from Kyle Eidelman. He says this. He says that the, the, the number one contributor to spiritual growth is not sermons. I don't agree with them. Not books. Are you kidding me? I just told you to read five different books. It's not small groups, Pastor Steve or Solomon, right? It, it, the number one contributor to spiritual growth is difficult circumstances. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree with, with Kyle. Okay, I'm not sure I do, but it makes you think, amen? It surely makes you think, especially when you read John 6.60, where it says this, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Understand that six verses later, the Bible says that, that, that many turned away and no longer followed Jesus. Why? Because the teaching got harder. When the teaching gets harder, many fall away. When the task gets harder, the Bible says many fall away, right? When, 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 the, when the trials get harder, many fall away. I want you to know when it comes to Christianity in America, it's going to get harder. I said it's going to get harder. If you think it's hard right now from the words of the great prophet Judas Priest, you got another thing coming. I mean, I'm, I'm being real. If you think it's hard to live for Jesus now, wait two years. Wait five years. Wait when they keep kicking all our religious, our Christian values to the curb, and we still have to stand up for righteousness and for the cross. You think it's hard now? Wait till there's laws against what we preach, teach, and talk about. They're not quite there yet, but they're probably on the way. Man, I want to encourage you to build some spiritual muscle now so when we get there, you've got some muscle to make it through there in Jesus' name. Amen? <laughs> Woo! Two quick stories. Um, a few months back, Dahlia, who led worship today, was leading worship on a Sunday morning, and it wasn't easy. Um, and the reason why was her grandpa was on his deathbed. And I just expected to get a text from her or someone come up to me and say, Dahlia's tapping out. You know, she's going to go spend time with parents or grandpa. And I just expected that. And if she would have done it, I wouldn't. I don't blame you. Go spend time with Grandpa. She didn't. She got up here on this platform on a Sunday morning and led us in some of the most amazing anointed worship we've ever experienced here at Rock Church. 
All I'm trying to get you to see, okay, is when she was going through a hard time, God graced her and made it easier to get through it. Just saying. She did it. On Mother's Day, on Mother's Day, how many were here on Mother's Day when Delane preached? I mean, she hit it out of the park. She mentioned in her message, but I wonder how many of us caught it. During, in the midst of that week, as she's preparing her Mother's Day message, somebody in her family commits suicide. And she gets up here and she preaches the message anyway. Now again, all Delane had to do was say, Pastor, you preach on Mother's Day. I can't. I'm going through, uh, going through too much. How many are glad she didn't make me preach on Mother's Day? You know what I'm saying? Now that's hard. But my point is this, is when both of these ladies, okay, when both of these ladies of God were weak, God made them strong, right? And that's, that's Christianity. And we can't kick that concept to the curb. When we're weak, okay, God, come on now, what does he do? He makes us strong. And that's what happened in that situation. So we have to stop doing what society is doing. Society is saying, all the hard stuff, get it off your plate. Don't even do it. I'm here to tell you, it's the hard stuff when you're weak that God makes you strong and he shows up in power. Would you please stand? I'm going to read Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Listen to this stuff. This is Jesus talking here. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you a rest. How many could use a little rest? I said, how many could use a little rest in your spirit? Right? We got to come to Jesus. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, come on now, for your souls. For my yoke is what? Say it like you mean it. For my yoke is? For my yoke is? And my burden is light. What's he saying there? Pastor Andrew, he's contradicting your message. No, he's not. He knows life is hard. He knows dreams are hard. He knows destinies are hard. He knows the kingdom of God is hard work. But he's basically saying, when you are connected to me, when you are yoked with me, I can make the hard dreams and I can make the hard decisions easier for your spirit. And that's what he's saying. He's basically saying, if you're connected to me, if you're yoked with me, the, the message is easy. The message of Jesus isn't hard. The message is easy. He's trying to get us to see that if we'll connect with him, not in our own strength, in his strength, if we'll be yoked with him, connected to him, he'll take those hard conversations and somehow, some way, he'll give us strength to have that hard conversation. Someone say amen. He'll also do this. He'll not only give you strength, and make it easier for you for your dreams and your destiny and, and, and your, your conversations, I want you to know that Jesus will also help you with your decisions. Now, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of hard decisions to make. And the last thing I want to do is make decisions on my own. And the best way that I can make decisions is to be yoked, connected with Jesus, because he'll make that tough, hard decision easier in Jesus' name. Someone shout amen. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.